Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 2, Chapter 4, On Purity of Mind and Singleness of Purpose. There are two wings that lift a man from the ground, singleness of heart and purity. The one regulates your intentions, the other your affections. The single-hearted man makes for God. The pure-minded man finds and enjoys him. No right course of action will have difficulties for you if you only are free in your own heart free from all ill-regulated desires. Such freedom will only come to you in full measure when you've made God's will and your neighbor's good, your sole aim, your sole consideration. If the dispositions of your heart were really true, everything in the world would be a mirror reflecting eternity, a book, to teach you heavenly wisdom. After all, there's no creature in the world so mean and insignificant that it doesn't reflect, somehow, the glory of God. You'd see everything with clear eyes, fit everything into the pattern of your thought, if goodness and purity were at the roots of your being. The pure heart has a range of vision that can reach the heights of heaven, the depths of hell. It's what he is in himself that determines a man's judgment of what lies outside himself. If there is such a thing as enjoyment in this world, it's an innocent mind that has the key to it. And if there is real misery and frustration to be found anywhere, Go to the man with a bad conscience. He will tell you about it. Put a bar of iron in the fire, and all the rust disappears. There's nothing but a uniform white glow. And so it is when a man turns right round towards God, the indifference flakes off him, and you've got a new man to deal with. The moment you begin to lose interest, how formidable is the least effort. How gladly you distract your mind with worldly things. Whereas the moment you tackle the business of self-conquest thoroughly and trudge manfully along the path of God's will, you make no account of the difficulties that seemed till now insurmountable. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
What does it mean for there to be no creature that doesn't reflect somehow the glory of God? Well, it means positively that every creature, however small it is, reflects the glory of God. Why? Because every effect philosophers tell us points us to the cause. So if God has created this thing, then in some way it tells us about the creator. Everything that exists was made through the sun, St. John writes. Through him, there was nothing that was made that was made. In other words, everything that was made was made through the sun, in view of the sun. Everything that exists has its existence from God. So that's true. And why do we not think about that? Because the dispositions of our hearts are off. To the pure, all things are pure, the scriptures say. But to those of us who are not pure, to those of us who have our hearts set in all other kinds of things, we're distracted. We focus not on what things are in themselves or how they reflect God, but their usefulness to us, purely and simply, or some other consideration. You see, our hearts are fixed on things, and we're considering them insofar as we care about them. But if our hearts were fixed on the will of God, And if our hearts were fixed on our neighbor's good, then we would view the world differently. You see, there's a connection between the mind and the heart. The mind has to present things to the heart. The heart can't love what it doesn't know. But the flip side is also true. The more we love things, the more we're captivated by things, our minds tend to just think about them so much. And the more we're thinking about one aspect of something that's not the will of God, the less we can think about things in terms of God's will. So what does this say to us? Well, we have to have purity of heart. And how do we get purity of heart? We have to pray. We have to ask for it. We have to realize it's a gift. And then we have to make some effort. And what is the effort that we have to make? The effort is to catch ourselves when we begin to allow ourselves to drift away. When we begin to see how we're losing interest, when we find ourselves distracting ourselves endlessly. We have to recognize what's going on and beg the Lord to pull us back. We have to be intent on tackling the battle of self-conquest. When I wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, we have to immediately turn our minds to God. We have to kiss the floor, humble ourselves like St. Philip, and say, Lord, 
I give you this day, but don't trust me for one second or I'll betray you. As far as I'm concerned, I'm ready to do all the evil in the world if you leave me. And then we have to look over our day. We have to consider where we're going to have weaknesses and recognize the difficulties we're going to face. Why? Because the enemy is within. The enemy is within. And this is the battle to conquer self, to conquer our selfishness, to conquer our sloth, to conquer our vanity, to conquer our wrath, to conquer our greed, to conquer our lust, to conquer our envy. This is the battle to not give in at all to these impulses which are not from God. Does this seem insurmountable? Does this seem impossible? Well, left to ourselves, it is insurmountable. But we cannot judge what we're capable of in the future by what we feel we are right now. The state of our heart right now cannot be the criterion by which we judge what we can do in the future. Because we're forgetting something when we do that. We're forgetting the power of the resurrection of Christ to transform evil into good, to bring life out of death. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.